Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Hey, good morning. How's everybody? Good, good. Thank you for coming today. We've already had a wonderful morning, and uh, we're about to have our wonderful morning uh, together. Uh, So why don't we do this? Let's go ahead and stand together. We're going to pray. How many of you know that we need some help sometime? And the Bible says this, and I believe it with all my heart. My help comes from the Lord. And here's the thing about the Lord. Just one thing, partial thing on his resume. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Here's my takeaway. If he made heaven and earth, he can help my deal. So I don't know what your deal is today. Um, You know, I could imagine some things I, I, I do know, you know, about what's going on in people's lives. Maybe, you know, today something's going on in your physical body or in your relationships, your finances, your family, what, whatever it would be. And I want you to know that God is a very present help. He's able to help us in those times of need. But here's, here's my point this morning. Our help comes from the Lord. So I want to let him know right here, Lord, right here. So let's lift our hands up to the Lord this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your goodness, your kindness, that you're so sweet and precious and you're so incredibly powerful and strong. Thank you that you've ordered our steps today, that you've gathered us and brought us here. And God, you would never do anything without a purpose. You've brought us here on purpose, with purpose. You have things that you want to do in us and for us. You want to you heal. You want to help. You want to strengthen. You want to fill in that blank that we haven't found the answer for. Lord, all those things in our life, we just ask you to show yourself strong on behalf of your people today. And we just thank you. We look to you as our, as our help. And we thank you that you'll never disappoint. Lord, I pray that you'd help me as I deliver your word today. I want to do it in the right way. And I believe at this holy intersection of where we are right now, of your holy and written word, your people, your spirit, I just pray that something lasting, holy, and wonderful would happen in and for and through every one of us today. I pray that when everything is said and done today, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you would be pleased and you would be honored and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. And that's our prayer in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Amen. Hey, could you help me welcome our online campus? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. And let's give a great big welcome to our East Campus today. Come on, church. Amen, amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. And uh, just to let you know, just one indicator of how well it went last week, had 758 for lunch Sunday on our East Campus. So let's give God some praise for that. That's awesome. Well, uh, we're going to get into this uh, teaching, What the World Needs Now. Uh, first of all, one of my favorite days of the whole year was this last week, and that is International Talk Like a Pirate Day. So could everybody give me a good R today? Somebody pointed out to me that also on that same day, International Talk Like a Pirate Day is also what is deemed as Congress Day. 
So for that, I also say, give me a good R on that. <laughs> and uh, we'll continue to pray for our leaders, right? So, right? Okay, there, there you go. Well, what the world needs now, we're kind of flipping this a little bit into a question. What does the world need now? What does the world need now? And that's where we're going to kind of focus on all of this. Now, let me give you the bottom line answer. What does the world need now? Is the same thing that you and I need, everybody needs, and it is this, a relationship with a heavenly father, a relationship with a heavenly father that is only possible through his son, Jesus. And that is the greatest thing that any of us could have. Therein is your help in life. Therein is your hope for eternity, a relationship with your father, God, a heavenly father through Jesus Christ. That's what everybody needs. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about joining churches. I'm not, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about a real, vital relationship with a heavenly Father who loves you, watches over you, wants to take care of you and help you, never leaves you, never forsakes you. You're never alone. You're never without help. You have help in this life. You have a home in heaven forever. That's the greatest thing anybody could have. Amen. Y'all, that's the greatest thing anybody could have. And, and Jesus did the heavy lifting. Jesus did the work so that we could just accept him. And accepting him, we're accepting what he has done to build that bridge back so that we could walk over that bridge and have relationship with our Heavenly Father. It's a pretty beautiful thing. And that's what the world needs. Amen. Well, let's go home. Well, we have a part to play in helping them with that. And conveniently, under a... a cynical, diabolical plan of the enemy, um, our culture, education, uh, just on and on throughout our life has been infiltrated with the idea that God is not real, that, or if he was real, he died. Time, Time Magazine reported that in like 1970, that God is dead. How many of you know that God is not dead? And taking that away from folks that there is no heavenly father, there is no this, there is no that, and take away the greatest things that that you could possibly ever have. And it's a lie of the enemy. So we've got a world that a lot of them have believed those lies or don't know the truth concerning that. And so I believe that whenever we do a series, it is a season that I believe the Holy Spirit is emphasizing for us uh, to really focus on and grab hold of. And so that's what we're doing with this. Well, let's, let's go ahead and look in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. It says, in those, that, in those days you, go ahead and say, that's me. In those days you were living apart from Christ. And maybe you remember, those of you that are believers, remember when you were living apart from Christ. Okay. I pray you'll never forget and never take uh, for granted the peace that you do have now the hope that you have now, the, the beautiful feeling of knowing that your sins are forgiven, uh, to know that you have hope for every situation. As I said just a few minutes ago, too, that you're never alone and you're never without help. And the worst that could ever happen, you know, I, I know that God is with me and I know one day I'll have a home in heaven forever. So don't forget that. Don't take that for granted. But in those days, you were living apart from Christ. Now watch this. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. Let's bookmark there just for a moment here. We've talked about this in several recent series. Through the Bible in seven weeks was one of them, where we talked about the 
children of Israel were kind of like the display in the store window, okay? So they're called God's chosen people, but that does not mean that they are exclusively God's special people. He set them apart and put them on display to show everybody else, like a display in a store window, what it can be like to be in relationship with God. Now, they didn't get it right the whole time, but God was faithful in all of that. And so when we're apart from Christ, we're also not partaking of the citizenship that that they modeled for us. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them, which is yours as well when you're a believer. Watch this. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Without God and without hope. But now, go ahead. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Now, if you go back to verse 12, just real quick, at the end of this, it says, uh, for you, were, you lived in this world without God and without hope. Here, here's what it is. If you are living in this world without God, you're living without hope. Uh, Romans 15, 13 tells us that God is the God of all hope. So God is the source of hope. And yet we have epidemic in our culture, hopelessness. Hopelessness. Come on, y'all with me today? Hopelessness. Why is that? I'll tell you why. It's because of disappointment. Disappointment in what? Disappointment that comes from constantly putting in our hope in things that cannot stand up. And so they disappoint again. Well, maybe this will fill my life. Maybe this will give me peace. Maybe this will work for this. Maybe if I just go here, know them, have that, whatever it would be, and it disappoints and it disappoints. And so without God, we're without hope and we live hopeless in this world. And we were that way once as well. But the answer very clearly here is that relationship with the Heavenly Father through the blood of Christ. Now look with me, if you will, in John chapter 17. Jesus is praying a prayer. This is dialogue between Jesus and, and his Father. And he says that they, and this is us, this is us, okay? Because earlier in the prayer, he talks about all of those who would come to believe in him. So guess what? That's us. That's us. We're in Jesus' prayer. We're in the Bible. John chapter 17. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, Jesus, and I in you, that they, that's us, also may be one in us, that or so that the world may believe that you sent me. Now notice, there's an interaction, there's a condition that can exist that will help the world to believe that God sent Jesus. So there's something that can happen between you and I that helps the world to believe that God sent Jesus. Look in verse 23. I in them, Jesus still speaking, and you, Father, in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Now, let me qualify this a little bit. How many of you know we don't do perfect? For the rest of you, we don't do perfect. We can try, we can put on, whatever, but we just don't do perfect. We can't, we can't. That's not really what this may, uh, means. This, this means that, uh, that they may be made perfect in one, that they are being more and more completed, being more and more whole, becoming more and more uh, mature. 
So I and them and you and me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Guess what? There's something going on here too that will help the world to know, not just believe, but to know that God sent Jesus and that God loves them. Okay, guess what happens when you find out that God loves you? First John says this, we love him because what? Because he first loved us. Let's get that all together again. We love him because what? Because he first loved us. We're wired that way. So if we can be a part of something that helps the world to know and to believe that God sent Jesus and that God loves them, there's something that you and I can be a part of that. Amen. And what is that? That they would know that God sent Jesus and God loves them? It's For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Now what if you and I could be a part of helping the world to know that and to believe that? Well, let's go back to something here that they may know that you've loved them. You know, and when we find out, you know, God loves me, I love, I love God. We're wired that way. I've told you the story before. I'm in sixth grade. I'm in the cafeteria at school, and a girl walks over to me, and she says, Beth likes you. And I said, I like Beth. Which one is she? And just so you know, things didn't work out with Beth and I. <laughs> so, we're wired this way. So if, if, get this, this is what I figure. If the world could know and believe that God sent Jesus and that he loves them, then they'll love God. And that's where we started today was this. What does the world need now? They need a relationship with the Heavenly Father. And that's a relationship when we find out that He loves us and then in turn we love Him. And you and I have a part to play to help to make that come to pass. We can help the process or we can hinder the process. So let me put it to you this way. And it almost seems indirect. Let me set this up. It almost seems indirect because we, we think this way in church world sometimes. Okay, we want the world to know that God sent Jesus. Come on, bob your head if you're with me. And we want the world to know that God loves them. So in church world, sometimes the approach then, well, we want them to know that, then we need to do this. We need to print up tracks and flyers, and we need to put them on people's cars and knock on their door and tell them, no, don't do that. And, and here's, here's the way to, to kind of monitor that in your own life. How many of you like people putting stuff on your car? Not me. I don't like, don't be putting stuff on my car. How many of you like people you don't know coming up and knocking on your door to talk about stuff you don't want to talk about today? (laughs) Don't be knocking on my door unless you know me and you're bringing some food. (laughs) So we're not going to be very effective. And our world has changed. People are a little more guarded. What are you doing walking around near my car, near my house? What's going on here? 
So we've thought for years that what we have to do as a church is we have to do outreach and outreach and outreach and outreach in all different forms. And I'm for outreach done in the proper way, but it also has to be done in a proper order. Because if we don't have something set in-house, we will have no credibility outside the house. So there's something that has to happen between you and me. There's something that has to happen between one another. Let me put it this way. One of the most powerful things that we can do to help the world to know and to believe that God sent Jesus and that God loves them has to do with, you ready? Has to do with how we are with one another. Everybody say one another. Uh, We've already seen it in Scripture. You know, and we're going to see this a little... Uh, more fully as we go along. One another. Say it again. One another. In the New Testament, we have 59 times, 59 times, where it gives us instruction about one another. It's how we treat one another. It's not how we treat others. That is also in the Scripture. This is one another. Like it or not, and if this is bad terminology, forgive me, but there are insiders and outsiders. There are believers and non-believers, unbelievers. There are people in the family and people that aren't in in the family. Are are you following me with that? And so one another is a Bible reference. It's talking about insiders, family, those that are believers, that we're together. One another. And it's very important how we interact with one another so our impact can be fine and have credibility with those that are others. So here's just a partial list of the 59. Welcome one another. Greet one another. Don't judge one another. Don't slander one another. Pray for one another. Forgive one another. Encourage one another. Live in harmony with one another. Be at peace with one another. Honor one another. Take care of one another. Serve one another. Bear with one another. Be kind to one another. Teach one another. Comfort one another. Edify or build up one another. Be devoted to one another. Be submissive to one another. Fellowship with one another. And I'll give you one more. Love one another. And of the 59 one another's, 21 of those are love one another. Love one another. Actually, all of them fall under the label of love. Look with me in 1 Peter chapter 4. Are you there? 1 Peter chapter 4. Above all, do you all know what that means? I heard it right over here. Above all. Above all, love each other deeply. Love one another. We're reading in the NIV, so it's worded a little differently. Love one another deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Above what? Above all. Above all. So this is it. This is the biggie. Look with me in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 11. For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And so don't tune it out. I know the whole message is supposed to love one another. This is the message we've heard from one another from the, be- from the beginning, that we should love one another. Look in uh, 1 John 4, verse 11 and 12. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one, watch carefully, no one has ever seen God, period. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Can I tell you what I think that implies? No one has seen God, period. 
But when we love one another, look at this. But when we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. That's the closest they're going to come to see God on this side of it all if you and I will love one another. So we're not trying to have a miracle crusade or pass out this or do that or, or all of those things. The main way that we're going to be able to help the world to see, read the Bible, you're going to find it. The way we're going to help the, the world to see and to believe and to know is through you and I loving one another. Amen. Look in John chapter 13. Jesus is talking. He says, let me give you a new command. Love one another in the same way I loved you. You love one another. This is how everyone will recognize, see, or observe that you are my disciples when they see the love that you have for each other. Now, how many of you are people watchers? I'm a people watcher. Alicia and I, we're we're people watchers. I traveled some this week and um, uh, went to a pastor's roundtable up in Birmingham, Alabama. I flew. I was going to ride my bike, but I thought... sake of time, I better fly, so I flew. And um, we're real people watchers. And you know, if you've flown, you know, in the last 20 years or so, you know, uh, security's up a little bit, okay? And so there's not, uh, there are some places not everyone can go unless you're a ticketed passenger and so forth. So baggage claim is kind of the reunion area. So I'm, I'm just watching people. I'm watching them get on the plane, watch them get off the plane, watch some people are so uptight, worried about what, I don't know. And the other people are just happy, and other people just look lost, you know. And, and so I'm watching people, and I'm watching the reunions. I'm waiting on my bag uh, at baggage claim, and I'm watching the reunions happen. And I watch this little lady, and she's like a great-grandma, you could tell. And she's just going along... I wanted you to get the full effect. (laughs) And I see this bank of people. It's like three generations waiting for her. And the little ones are up looking and they're picking up other little ones. It's just this whole family. It looked to me like three generations. And here she comes. And they got there and they all just surrounded her. I'm pretty sure they ate her. Because she was, she was no more. Then I watch another family. If I named them, they'd be the Stiffs. And John Boy Stiff walks up. And they all just kind of looked at each other. And, hey, the car's this way. And I saw everything in between. Everything in between. Here's, here's my point. And I'm standing there and I thought about this. Which family would I want to be in? I'd want to be in the family that ate grandma. <laughs> you know? I want to be in that. There was such joy and such love. It's contagious through, through the whole area. The other is contagious as well. But let me just ask you, we're a family. And I, in that moment, I was like jealous. Just kind of just jealous. It's like because I was there by myself. And I, anyway. Um, which family would you want to be in? You know, part, part of what I want to say is I wanted to go over to the family at eight grandma and go, hey. 
just see if they'd love on me too. But listen, the world's looking. And they need family. They need family. And, and I, I want us as believers to be a family that the world looks on and says, rather doesn't say, man, they're awkward. Wow, they're a mess. I'd rather them see in us. It's like, wow. Wow, that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. And let them feel that and let them want to be a part of that. I believe this, that when we truly act like the family of God, people will want to be in the family. We have a little saying around here, welcome home. Come on, everybody say it, welcome home. home. We've got it up on the wall. We say it all the time, welcome home. Alicia's been saying that for 20 years, welcome home. What does welcome home mean? It means this, come on in. Make yourself at home. Act like your family. Come sit by me at the table. And, And we truly want to have that kind of atmosphere here. Welcome home. Welcome home. Our doors swing wide open. And it's not just for the note takers already convinced people, you know, and thank God I'm kind of that guy, you know, but guess what? Part of communication is this, is knowing your audience, you know, and, and as I think about my audience and pray every, every week, I realize it's not just people that are already convinced and walking in the love of God and the truth of God. That is the goal, becoming more and more happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. Come on, that's the goal. But the reality is that's not all of us all the time. Are you hearing me? And there, there are people, you got bad news this week or you're real confused or distracted by something. Something's pulling on you again or something really went down bad at work or in your family or the doctor gave you that call or what, whatever it would be. Are y'all hearing me today? And you need to know that you can come sit at the table with us. Come on into the living room with us. Come, come be part of the family with us. Our, our, one of our whole goals is to help people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. And here's the reality of that. Every one of us have another step, have a next step. We have a next step. I don't care who you are, you have a next step. And that's all you have to find is the next step. And I would hate for any of us to block somebody from finding their next step because they didn't feel welcome in the family of God. Now, there's a, a principle called this, relational, invitational evangelism. It is the number one most effective form of evangelism or helping people to come to the Lord. And it is this. It's relational, and that means that you have some kind of relationship with them, and you have some kind of credibility with them, and invitational, and you invite them to church. And this would be the deal. When people come to church, I want them to feel like we're going to eat your grandma. You know, now don't scare people, but you, you know what I'm saying, that I just feel welcome. I feel at home. I feel, I feel like family. I've told you this story before, too. My brother, when he was in college, he went away to college. And so my parents told him, you make sure you go to church. So he went on like the first Sunday away for college on his own. He went to church and he said, nobody talked to me. Nobody. So he said, I'm going to give him one more week. He went back the next week. Nobody talked to him. Now, here's the good news. My brother loves God and is in church today. But do you know what? It was about a decade. He quit church. He walked away from the things of God for about 10 years. He says, you don't want me? I don't want you. It's the opposite of the whole principle of you love me, I'll love you too. 
And so we need to be the family of God that is welcoming. And when people come, listen to me, when we come together, part of working this out of learning how to love one another, part of the way we do it is just coming together. It's just coming together and interacting with one another. Part of it has to do with small groups. Everybody say small groups. We don't do small groups just to have some kind of program. We do small groups because of the beauty and the value and the strength that is gained from that. And we learn how to be and do one another in small groups. Why do we have growth track and dream teams? Because then we get to learn together and serve together. And when you serve together, you know, look at the camaraderie among, among those that have served in, in foreign wars and, and been on teams or been in bands together. When you do something together, that, that ties you together and that's serving together. That, all of those things. And then when you come and go from church, listen, you need to be aware that we're the family, okay? And as you come and go, coming to church is not just about, I got to find my parking spot, get my seats with my three friends and have one of them stake out at the cafe to get my coffee. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's way more to it than that. And I want, I want to call on you. I want to challenge you. Don't just find your place and your people and do your thing and then hear and then go. But I mean, there, there are people, maybe my brother is here and he needs somebody to welcome him. Maybe somebody is hurting and discouraged. Maybe somebody is giving God one last chance. Maybe somebody is giving life one last chance. And love is the answer for this. And if you and I could just, hey, glad you're here. Who are you? Where are you from? We're going to eat your grandma. I mean, just, I mean, whatever it would be. Sorry, I'm stuck on that. Amen. Let's, hey, let's create not just an atmosphere. Let's create a culture. You dare come near us. We're going to love you. And however close you get to us, you're going to watch us love one another. We're going to take care of one another. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to pull for one another. And if somebody falls down, we're going to help you get back up. Amen. Get this. I I heard this a week or so ago. People don't need more friends. They need more family. We're in a day where this is so watered down now, friends, social media. This morning early, I just looked. I was thinking about this. I thought, I wonder how many friends I have. So I went and looked on Facebook. I have over 7,300 friends. No, I don't. I don't. And then I looked over on Twitter. I have 7,300 friends on Facebook. And on Twitter, I only had 1,693 followers. I suddenly felt insecure. Then I went to Instagram, and it went down again to 1,290. And it's like, I can't preach today. <laughs> this pastor's roundtable I was in this last week, Pastor Chris Hodges said this, only the devil could come up with something called social media that is so not social. People don't need more friends. What is that anymore? I unfriend you. I like you. I block you. (laughs) People don't need friends. They need more family. Amen? Amen. Here's our problem, though. Here's our problem. We know this is the commandment you've heard from the beginning. We've got to love one another. We know that. But it hadn't really worked out right. 
but I think I know what the problem is. We're using the wrong love. And the song, and I love the song. I, I've been whistling, humming, singing that song all week long. I'm out in the yard with my dog. Needs Is love sweet love? But we need to know what really is that love. And here's the problem with loving one another. We've been using the wrong love. We've been using our human love. And our human love is weak. Our human love has no endurance. Our human love is so inconsistent. Okay, pastor said we got to love one another. And we start, and we kick in with our human love. Here's my brother, my sister. They're going through something. I want you to know I am with you. I walk all the way through this with you. Day three, are you better yet? Because I'm like, I'm like tired of this. Our human love, it just, it just fizzles out compared to the love of God. And when we compare our human love with the love of God, it's kind of like fireworks, you know? I don't know if you've ever done this before, last minute, you know, when my kids were growing up, oh, we didn't get any fireworks, and it's Fourth of July or New Year's or whatever, and so you run to, like, the grocery store and get your fireworks. And then eight families gather at, the, at your driveway, and you light off stuff, and it just goes... <laughs> That's all we got. as opposed to New Year's Eve at Disney World fireworks, that would be like the love of God. And where we've fallen short is using our love, our human love with best intentions. But I want you to know we've got to use the love of God. Look with me in Romans chapter 5. We're almost done. The love of God. Come on, everybody, just say it. The love of God. Watch this. The love of God has been poured out. This phrase in the New Testament Greek is so rich. This is so abundant, overflow, unending, poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And I want you to notice this. It has been poured out. The New Testament Greek is also, it's continuing to be poured out. But it's there. Everybody say, it's there. Look at me. You have, if you're a believer, if you're a child of God, you have the love of God in you. This is one of the most unique, significant, and powerful ministries of the Holy Spirit is that he pours the love of God into your heart. Say it again. I have the love of God. You have it. You have it. Here's what we have to do is tap into that. You need to bow a knee every morning and say, God, my human love is so limited and it's so disappointing and I will disappoint other people by trying to care for them and be good to them in my human love. I need your love. Help me to tap into your love. And you'll know when you're tapped into the wrong love because you'll get irritable, you'll get, you'll get impatient, you'll, what, whatever it would be. Our love just doesn't do it. We need the love of God. And that is what the world has to see is the love of God that's in my heart and the love of God that's in your heart. And we say, you're my brother and I will take care of you and I'll be with you for whatever you need. And I'll be good to you and I'll be good to whoever matters to you. And we'll be friendly to people we don't even know yet because we've got the love of God. And when that's going on in our lives, I'm telling you what, other people say, I want to be in that family. I want them to greet me when I get off the plane. Are you hearing me? Because when we're one and we love one another, then, Jesus said, then the world will believe. And then the world will know that God sent Jesus. 
and that he loves them. And once people can really truly see by looking at his kids, by looking at his family, then we have credibility outside. And there's a lot we need to do outside and outreach and so forth. But I'm telling you what, step number one, the beginning place for us to have anything to stand on is we got to love one another. And can I tell you something? None of us are going to get this all right. And we're going to do things and so forth, but, you know, it needs to be that we love one another. It should be when we're coming in here, we're like Chip and Dale. Not the dancers, the chipmunks, the little, the little, those little guys. All right, back to our program. You've seen those little, those little characters? They, after you. No, after you. It means to me that we're so preferring one another and so excited about one another to see one another. Let the love of God that has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit tap into that and let's conduct ourselves, carry ourselves like the family of God. What does the world need now? Let me just sum it up this way. Here's what the world needs now. The world needs the people of God to act like the family of God. And then you watch what happens. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Amen. Love you. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, thank you. You so loved us. You didn't just say it. You demonstrated it. We saw it. We believed it. Now we love you. And we've entered into a wonderful relationship with you. And you never give up on us. And you care for us and you provide for us and you guide us and you keep us and you have a future planned for us. And you've taken care of our past. What an incredible love. And it's out of that love you poured into our hearts as believers. I just pray this morning, pour it out afresh and anew for every one of us. And quicken us and help us to be aware which love we're operating in. So we can make sure that we're tapping into that river of life, the flow of the love of God. So we can really do this right. Holy Spirit, you who pours out that love into our hearts, help us with this. Help us. Because ultimately, it's not just about one another. It's about all the others. This is not about a show, but it's about something that they can see when we truly live and operate in the love of God. And now, Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here this morning that has not accepted you yet, I pray that they would today. If there are people here today that have a relationship with you, but it's not where they need to be, I pray that today would be the day we, we get that right with you. Holy Spirit, draw every one of us closer to you and use this prayer now in Jesus' name. Head still bowed, eyes closed. If you've never received the Lord Jesus, I want to lead us all in a prayer. Use this prayer and open your heart and receive the Lord. Or if you're here today and you say, I'm a, I'm a believer, I have a relationship with God, but I know it's not where it needs to be. Use this prayer this morning to get things right with the Lord. And if you're here this morning, you'd say, all is well. All is well with me and the Lord. God bless you in that. But use this prayer and pray it strong with us to reaffirm it in your heart and encourage the people around you. So could all of us, let's pray this prayer together right now. Father God, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Jesus who loves me, gave himself for me. Lord, I love you. I give myself to you. 
And I ask you right now, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Savior and be my Lord. And by the blood of Jesus, shed for me. Forgive me right now of every sin. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Make me brand new and set me free. And now fill me with your peace, with your joy, with the Holy Spirit, and with the assurance you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. I thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord for that. Amen. Hey, it's been a great morning. Make sure that we're walking, loving one another because that matters first so the rest of it will matter. If you just stay put just for a second, Pastor Nick is going to come share a couple important things with you before we get on our way. I love you. God bless you. Have a good one. Pastor Nick. Can we celebrate all those people that have accepted Christ one more time? Come on. So proud of you. And if that was you, that is the best decision you could ever make in your life. And we want to help you with that decision because you're part of the family and family helps family. We got your back. So I want to draw your attention to the seat back pocket right in front of you. You'll find a green card. We encourage you to fill that out. As as you exit today, there's going to be ushers with buckets. Just drop it off with one of them or take it to our guest services area as you leave today. We're not going to do anything weird with your information. All we're going to do is send you some information about your next steps here in your journey with Jesus. Again, so proud of you. Best decision you could ever make. Uh, As well, if you're a first-time guest with us today, take that blue card in the seat back pocket in front of you. Fill it out. Take it to one of our VIP hubs located at either end of our main hallway. At our VIP hub, you'll meet some very friendly people that can answer any question you have about Meadowbrook and what we have to offer you and your family. And in exchange for that blue card, you're going to get a coupon for a free drink, any drink you want, in our cafe. It's just a small way for us to say thank you for being with us today. Also, if you need prayer for anything, we want to partner with you in that. We're going to have prayer partners up front um, at the stage as we end today. And we do. Do not leave here with something on your heart without getting prayed for because family helps family. It was a great day. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.